0: thought you setters cure. Mr. Burbank absently reached from behind his newspaper for the sugar bowl. His groping fingers hit the toast, the honeycomb, the salt cellar, and finally found the sugar bowl. His children, Darcy, Allison, and Bard nudged each other and laughed. Every morning, Daddy felt around on the table for the sugar while he read bad news in the newspaper. One morning, the news was so bad and he was so absent-minded, he put currant jelly in his coffee. The children were anxious for a repeat performance and hopefully pushed everything but the sugar in the path of his searching hand. This morning, as soon as Mr. Burbank had found the sugar, he let the paper down with a bang. The sugar bowl's empty, he said in a grieved, hurt way. Mrs. Burbank, who was buttering toast, said, Darcy, run out to the kitchen and fill the sugar bowl, dear. The sugar's in the big red can. Darcy obediently got up, took the sugar bowl, and went out to the kitchen. After a long, long time, he came back to the breakfast table with a plate of cinnamon rolls. What are these for? his father said. Where's the sugar? Sugar, said Darcy. What about sugar? I told you to fill the sugar bowl, said Mrs. Burbank. Oh, said Darcy. I thought you said. Get the cinnamon roll. All three children looked at each other and laughed loudly. Finally, Mr. and Mrs. Burbank laughed too. Darcy went out and filled the sugar bowl, and Mr. Burbank, after three cups of coffee, missed the bus and decided to walk as far as the school with the children. Just as they were going out the front door, Allison remembered her arithmetic book and dashed upstairs for it. In a minute, she leaned over the banister and called, Mother, did you see my arithmetic book? Mrs. Burbank said, What does it look like? Allison said, It's blue and not very thick. Mrs. Burbank said, I think it's on the table in the hall. Allison Burbank said, how did it get out there? Mrs. Burbank said, out where? I said it's on the table in the hall. Allison said, oh, I thought you said it's out in the stable in a stall. All three children roared with laughter. Allison found her arithmetic book and they all left the house laughing and repeating, out in a stable in a stall. Mr. Burbank said, come on, come on, we haven't all day. He walked briskly along the street, his footsteps ringing loudly and purposefully in the thin autumn air. The children giggled and jostled along with him, their progress so uneven and broken by, thought you said, and shrieks of laughter, that Mr. Burbank reached the corner first, in fact, almost before they had left the yard. He stopped to wait for them and to survey the city spread out below him in the morning sunshine. He was glad he lived on a hill. He was glad he was alive. He was glad he had a little boy nine, a little girl seven, and a little boy six. When the children had caught up with him, he said, Look, children, see how beautiful the city looks up from here? Watch the fog rise over there. Where's the dog? said Bard. What dog? said Darcy. What color are the dog's eyes? asked Allison. What on earth are you talking about? said Mr. Burbank. I said, watch the fog rise over there. Oh, said Bard. I thought you said, watch the dog's eyes glare. All the children laughed and laughed. Mr. Burbank said, what nonsense? But it was a beautiful morning, so he laughed with his light-hearted children. When they were halfway down the next block, the children suddenly stopped stock still in front of a pretty white house and yelled in unison, "Maryland, Maryland, come on, we'll be late. Mr. Burbank said, That's no way to do it. If you want Marilyn, go to the door and ask for her. <clears throat> the children looked surprised but went obediently up to the door and rang the bell. Marilyn's mother opened the door and said something to the children, which seemed to send them into convulsions of mirth. Doubled with laughter and holding their sides, they came down to walk came down the walk to their father. Now what's so funny, Mr. Burbank asked. Darcy said Marilyn's mother said Marilyn fell in the toaster and is burnt up dead. Mr. Burbank said, what did Marilyn's mother really say? And why isn't Marilyn going to school? Allison said, she said Marilyn fell in her coaster and and hurt her head. And Darcy thought she said Marilyn fell in the toaster and is burnt up dead. She went on into another paroxysm of laughter. Mr. Burbank didn't laugh. Instead, he bent down and examined Darcy's ears, which were large and pink and soft and quite clean. They should work, said Mr. Burbank, looking at the other children's ears. They all seem quite normal. The children wanted to know what he was doing. Mr. Bard said, what are you doing that for, Daddy? Mr. Burbank said, I'm trying to decide whether I should get you an ear trumpet. Beer crumpet? What's that? Bard said. The other children repeated after him. Beer crumpet? Beer crumpet? They all laughed but Mr. Burbank, who had had enough. Come on, he said. I'll supervise a race to school. On your marks, get set, go. When Mr. Burbank reached his office, the very first thing he did was to call Mrs. Burbank. He said, Mary, have our children ever had scarlet fever? She said, now you know they haven't, Bernard. Well, he said... Have they ever had ear infections? Goodness, no, said Mrs. Burbank. They've never had anything. They're the healthiest children in the neighborhood. What's the matter? Mr. Burbank said, plenty. They can't any of them hear well. I told them to look at the fog rise, and they thought I was talking about dog's eyes. Marilyn's mother said that Marilyn fell off her coaster and hurt her head, and they thought she said Marilyn fell in the toaster and was burnt up dead, Mrs. Burbank finished for him. Bernard, did you ever hear of anyone falling in a toaster? Of course not. There is nothing wrong with our children's ears. It is just that they are going through that awful thought you said phase. Well, let's get them out of it, said Mr. Burbank. They sound like dopes, dog's eyes indeed. Mrs. Burbank said, don't worry, dear, I'll take care of it. As soon as she finished talking to Mr. Burbank, Mrs. Burbank called Marilyn's mother to find out how Marilyn... About Marilyn, if she was badly hurt, and if there was anything she could do. Marilyn's mother said that Marilyn was just fine, but the doctor thought she should be quiet for a day or two. When Mrs. Burbank asked Marilyn's mother if she ever had any trouble with thought, you said, and told about the sugar bowl and the cinnamon rolls, the arithmetic book in the stable and the stall, about Marilyn's fall in the toaster and the dog's eyes, Marilyn's mother said, Oh, Mrs. Burbank, I'm so glad you called and told me all this. You see, Marilyn has been doing the same thing all morning, and I was terribly afraid that the blow on her head had affected her mind. When I asked her if she wanted crumpets or toast, she said, Bumped on the nose, who? When I asked her for head painter, she said, I thought you said, is the bed painted yet? Mrs. Burbank said, I'm going to call Mrs. Teagle and see if Terry or Teresa are thought you saids. She's such a good manager that if they have thought you saiditis, she's probably thought of a cure. Marilyn's mother asked Mrs. Burbank to call her back if she got any useful information, and they said goodbye. Then Mrs. Burbank called Mrs. Teagle. She told her all about the thought you said, Idis, and asked her if she had had any similar experience with Terrier or Teresa. Mrs. P- Teagle said, Oh, ah, now, ah, Mrs. Burbank. You ah see, we have always studied correct speech, and we are all speak Correctly, The children always pronounce all their vowels and all their consonants, and therefore we never have any trouble understanding each other. Perhaps the trouble lies with you and Mr. Burbank. Perhaps you do not speak distinctly. Perhaps the poor little children cannot understand you. I am holding little speech classes every afternoon. And if you and Mr. Burbank are interested, I would be glad to have you attend. I wouldn't care to have that children because I'm afraid they might corrupt my children's perfect speech." Mrs. Burbank thanked Mrs. Teagle for her kind offer and told her that perhaps she was right, that she and Mr. Burbank would try to speak more distinctly, and if things didn't improve within the week, they might join the speech class. Mrs. Teagle said, glad to be of help any time, Mrs. Burbank, and hung up. That night, when Mr. Burbank came home, she told him about calling Mrs. Teagle and told him that she thought that from now on, they should both try to speak more carefully so that their poor little children could understand them. That night at dinner, Mr. Burbank announced in a very loud voice, please pass the butter. The children all exchanged glances and whispers, then laughed. The butter remained cool and comfortable on its little plate in front of Darcy. Mr. Burbank looked accusingly at Mrs. Burbank. She said in a high, unnatural voice, children, listen to me. Please pass your father the butter. Oh, said Darcy. Did you say pass the butter? I thought you said, fleas gasp and mutter. Allison said, I thought you said, he's Pa's mother. Bard said, I thought you said, freeze Pat's brother. Mr. Burbank in a low grim voice said, please pass the butter. Darcy passed it to him with a beaming smile. The next morning after breakfast, Mr. Burbank called from upstairs. Where's my briefcase? Anybody seen my briefcase? Allison said, who's got a thief's face? Darcy said, beef paste? What do you want that for? Ard said, leaf race? I thought he said leaf race. They could hear their father and mother banging doors and scuffling around upstairs, but they were so busy thought you setting. They didn't even notice that Bard was standing in front of the briefcase, which was leaning against the radiator in the front hall. Finally, Mr. Burbank came running downstairs, wild-eyed and almost too late for his bus. He called to Mrs. Burbank, If you find it, dear, bring it right down to the office. I must have it this morning. He slammed to the front door and ran like the wind for his bus. Mrs. Burbank was giving the children their final inspe- inspection before school when she saw the briefcase leaning against the wall right behind Bard's fat little legs. She said, Why, children? Why didn't you tell Daddy his briefcase was down here? You must have seen it. Now I'll have to make a special trip all the way down to take it to him. Why didn't you tell him? She looked sternly at her three children. Allison said, Briefcase? I didn't know that's what he wanted. I thought he said, Thief's Face. Darcy said, I didn't know he wanted his briefcase. I thought he said, Beef Paste. Bard said. I thought he said leaf race. Mrs. Burbank said, you know perfectly well that daddy wouldn't talk about a thief's face, beef paste, or leaf races. That's just nonsense. And I'm getting good and tired of all this thought you said business. She sent them off to school with a little push and without a kiss. But the thought you said idis continued all the rest of that week. By Friday morning, Mr. and Mrs. Burbank were so irritable, they didn't even want to come downstairs and eat breakfast with the thought-you-setters. They tried to solve the problem by not speaking to the children, but of course the telephone rang. And Mrs. Burbank said to Allison, Answer the phone. And Allison didn't move, and her father said, Answer the phone. And Allison said, Oh, answer the phone. I thought you said, This ham's got a bone. And Darcy said, I thought you said the dancers are home. And Bard said, I thought you said, uh, 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 the jam's all alone. It was the last straw. Mr. Burbank said, this nonsense has got to stop now. I'm not going to eat another meal with a thought you saids. As soon as the children had left for school and even before she washed the dishes, Mrs. Burbank decided that she must do something about the thought you saiders. She poured herself another cup of coffee and sat down at the breakfast table and thought and thought. Old boy the dog came and sat beside her, and she gave him a small piece of ham and stroked his head and wondered and wondered what to do. She was just going to call Mr. Burbank's mother when the telephone rang again. Mrs. Burbank answered it. It was Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, and she wanted the children to come for tea. Mrs. Burbank said, Oh, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, I am so delighted that you called. I was just sitting here at the breakfast table wondering what in the world to do. And so she told Mrs. Piggle Wiggle about the Thought You setters Mrs. Piggle Wiggle said, There is a regular epidemic of Thought You said itis all over town. It is really a very harmless disease, but can be most annoying to parents, especially when they are trying to hurry. I have suffered with it myself this past week. Put on your shoes put your put on your shoes is thought you said sat on a fuse. Get me a tack is thought you said butter a crack and so on, and so on. Fortunately, the cure is very simple. I have a magic powder which you sprinkle on the children's ears tonight. It will make their hearing so keen that they'll be able to hear spiders stamping across the floor, leaves crashing to the ground, flowers snapping open their petals, and fireflies striking the matches that light their lanterns. I must warn you that tomorrow, when the children are wearing the magic hearing powder, you mustn't pop corn, run the vacuum cleaner or serve dry, crunchy breakfast foods. The noise would be too painful for them. I'll send the powder over when the children stop by after school. You might lend a little to Marilyn's mother. Goodbye and good luck, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle hung up the phone. After school, the children came rushing in to deliver the package from Mrs. Piggle Wiggle and to change their clothes. Mrs. Pigglewiggles' Wiggle's package contained a tiny little box of white powder. Mrs. Burbank felt the powder and smelled it, It felt like talcum powder, and it smelled like ginger. She put it under the pile of clean handkerchiefs in her handkerchief box. That evening, after the children were in bed, she told Mr. Burbank about it. He thought the magic powder sounded wonderful, and decided to try a little in his own ears. Mrs. Burbank went up to bed and got the bottle, and Mr. Burbank put a pinch in his left ear. Immediately, he shouted, Turn off that terrible radio! It's killing me! Mrs. Burbank rushed and turned the radio off. Mr. Burbank said, "It's thundering. We must be going to have a we must be going to have a storm." Mrs. Burbank listened. She couldn't hear any thunder. She opened the front door and went out and looked at the sky. It was a clear, dark blue and spangled with stars. The night was as still and quiet as a picture. Mr. Burbank shouted, "The storm's getting closer! Almost overhead!" Mrs. Burbank came in and closed the door. She said, "Bernard Burbank!" It is a cold, clear, perfectly peaceful night. There is no thunder. Mr. Burbank said, listen, don't you hear it? Deafening, that's what it is, deafening. Mrs. Burbank listened very carefully. Then she heard from the kitchen a soft, very faint thumping noise. She went out to investigate and found Old Boy the dog lying under the kitchen table, scratching and bumping his elbow on the floor. She gave Old Boy a dog biscuit and put him out and then she went back to the living room and asked Mr. Burbank if the storm had passed. He said, Do you have to stamp your feet like that? You certainly must be getting fat. You sound like a coal truck when you walk. Mrs. Burbank, who was very slight, looked down at her soft red house slippers and said, Bernard, I think you had better wash that magic potion out of your ear, because I'm going to go out right now and get some graham crackers, and think and think of the torture you'll go through if I drop a crumb. Mr. Burbank said, stop shouting. Mrs. Burbank said, I'm whispering, dear. So Mr. Burbank went upstairs to wash out his ear. When he snapped on the light in the bathroom, he flinched because it sounded like a pistol shot. When he turned on the faucet, it sounded like Niagara Falls. And when he accidentally brushed a hairpin off the windowsill, it sounded like a huge iron chain crashing to the tiled floor. Mr. Burbank filled the bathroom glass with warm water. He decided that that would be the very best way to wash out the magic powder and was just about to pour some in his ear when from behind the tub he heard the most awful screaming, screeching, whining noise. He straightened up, put the glass down, and peered over by the bathtub. He didn't see anything. He bent down over the basin again and picked up the glass. He was just about to pour the warm water in his ear when the horrible screaming, squealing noise came again. This time, right by his head. Mr. Burbank was so scared he dropped the glass, spilled the water, and banged his head on the faucet. He looked all around, but he couldn't see anything. The noise came again. This time, a little fainter and from behind the Venetian blind. He raised the blind and looked carefully. He couldn't see a thing. The terrible noise came again, this time by the mirror. Then Mr. Burbank saw what it was. A big mosquito. He grabbed a washcloth and without thinking of his magic hearing, swatted the mosquito. The screams of agony that immediately followed the bathroom, filled the bathroom, were horrible. Mr. Burbank hurriedly turned on the warm water and stuck his ear right under the faucet. Phew, what a relief. He picked up the dead mosquito by one leg and put it in the waste basket. Then he called to Mrs. Burbank. Hey, Mary, I'm all right now, but I think we'd better go easy with that magic powder in the children's ears. It's awfully strong. Mrs. Burbank said, Perhaps you use too much. Here, I'll measure it out. I'll use a toothpick, and I'll just put in a grain or so in the right ear of each child. Come on now, help me. The Thought sitter Cure Part Two. Mrs. Burbank said, perhaps you use too much. Here, I'll measure it out. I'll use a toothpick, and I'll just put a grain or so in the right ear of each child. Come on now, help me. They tiptoed into the children's rooms and put a toothpick full of the magic powder in each one's right ear. Even in his sleep, Darcy was saying, Miss Anderson, I didn't hear you say, hand me that ruler. I thought you said bananas are cooler. Mr. and Mrs. Burbank looked at their sleeping son and then at each other. "'Just wait until tomorrow, Darcy, old boy,' said Mr. Burbank. The next morning at seven o'clock, Bard came running into his parents' room and said, "'Mother, Daddy, there's a terrible noise in our room. It sounds like sawing.' Mr. and Mrs. Burbank got out of bed, put on their robes, and went in to investigate. They didn't hear a thing. Darcy said, "'Isn't that an awful noise, Daddy? Do you think it's a buzz bomb?' Mr. and Mrs. Burbank looked and looked, but they couldn't see or hear anything. Mr. Burbank told the children to get dressed and come down to breakfast. Bard began to cry. He said, We'll come down, Daddy, but you don't have to yell at us. Mr. Burbank said in a very quiet whisper, Your hearing must be very good this morning. I didn't yell. In fact, I almost whispered. Then he said, "'Exactly where is the buzzing noise coming from, Darcy? "'Listen carefully and tell me.'" Darcy said, "'Right there by the curtain.'" Mr. Burbank pulled back the curtain and found a very small fly buzzing and buzzing in the corner of the window. Remembering his experience with the mosquito, he didn't dare swat the fly, so he opened the window, unlatched the screen, and pushed the fly off the windowsill. It flew happily away. Darcy said, Daddy, I can't stand this awful crunching noise my shoelaces make when I push them through the holes. It sounds like bones breaking. Mr. Burbank said, Here, I have an idea. He tied his handkerchief around Darcy's head like a bandage. This'll fix it, he said softly. Whistle biscuit, Darcy said. I thought you said whistle biscuit. His father jerked the handkerchief off and said, Hurry down to breakfast. At breakfast, Allison said, oh, mother, I can't stand the sound of you buttering that toast. It sounds like hoeing on cement. Bard said, hoeing on cement? I thought you said, I I thought you said, uh, er, uh. He took a spoonful of oatmeal and never finished the sentence. A piece of toast popped out of the toaster. All three children jumped. Darcy said, mother, you should warn us when you're going to make so much noise. Mrs. Burbank said, I'm sorry, but it didn't seem loud to me. I guess my ears aren't very good. Allison said, Come on, boys, let's go to school. Darcy said, I thought you said poison. I mean, I thought you said poison. I mean, oh, I don't know what I meant. Allison said, Old boy's breathing so loud, I can't hear a thing. does he have to splash his tongue around in his mouth like that, mother? Mrs. Burbank called old boy and gave him a piece of bacon. He snapped and gulped, and all three children jumped and shuddered. What a noise, said Allison, glaring balefully at poor old boy. He's just like some kind of terrible jungle beast. Mrs. Burbank said, come, children, put on your coats and go to school. Allison said, spit on your coats. I thought you said spit on your coats. Nobody laughed. Darcy said, Don't talk so loud, Allison. It hurts my ears. Bard said, Didn't you hear what Mother said? She didn't say spit on your coats. She said put on your coats. Allison said, I know it. I can hear. Let's go. The door closed quietly, and Mrs. Burbank said to her husband, who was groping for the sugar, That's the first time in five years they haven't banged the front door. Here's the sugar, dear, and you have four minutes before the next bus. Just then, the front door opened and the three children came crying into the house. Allison said, Mother, we just can't stand it. The sidewalk is covered with leaves, and when we walk through them, the noise is so dreadful, we just can't bear it. It sounds like hundreds of giants chopping wood. Bard said, It sounds like millions of paper bags. Darcy said, it sounds like thousands of houses burning up, crackle, crackle, crash. Mrs. Burbank said, well, Bernard, I think we'd better wash out their ears and we'll give Mrs. Piggle Wiggle our heartiest thanks. Mr. Burbank said, what's she done wrong? Who, said Mrs. Burbank. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, said Mr. Burbank. What are you talking about, said Mrs. Burbank. I said that we should give Mrs. Piggle Piggle Wiggle, our heartiest thanks. Oh, said Mr. Burbank, I thought you said go give Mrs. Piggle Wiggle your hardest spanks. The children looked disgusted.